All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. This is Indeed Tech Watch Radio. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all of you. From us, the staff at NPI Network Providers Inc.com. Our website for the podcast, NPITechGuys.com. I'm Sam Bushman. Jay Harrison is with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Merry Christmas, Sam. And a happy new year. Thank you, sir. We uh, talked a lot about interesting things like um, under the sea pressure. Uh, people found a bunch of champagne bottles. Kind of interesting. The pressure scientifically might have some real value uh, unrelated to um, aging alcoholic beverages. Anyway, that's kind of interesting. We talked a lot about hacking uh, last time, and we've got more on this. You know, one of the big features of our show is going to be security. And we don't mean security in terms of <clears throat> uh, complicated, exactly how man in the middle and, and, and some of the complicated details work. There's other shows out there that are that are much better at that than, say, we are. We're more the kitchen table tech guys. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. We flag to your attention uh, things that matter, things that you can do something about. Learning complicated tech details, unless you're a tech guy like us, probably doesn't make any sense for you. Uh, turning it over to people like us that do know what we're doing, though, could be a blessing to you. Uh, but I digress. I bring that up because, you know, a lot of people have this security myth. One of them is that, you know what, I'm on a Mac. I'm all good. It doesn't happen to me. Far from true, Jay, is the point. Mac OS update 17.2.1. It's an update. Uh, they say update your Apple computer immediately. There's a lot of problems with this. Um, and they go into the bugs and talk about the security bugs. Uh, and the first one that um, they admit to, really, meaning they, Apple, they say, oh, you know, people can, like, share your screen or whatever. There's a screen sharing flaw. But it's not really just about screen sharing. It's a whole lot more than that. It's interesting how these companies oftentimes provide these updates, but they don't really give you the nuts and bolts and details of what they're for. But understand, as Macs become more popular in the world and they're more used and they're more whatever from phones to, you know, tablets to MacBooks to Mac Airs to whatever, understand that this world is not... Um, protected or free in any way from hacking uh, opportunities, Jay. In fact, it's becoming more vulnerable all the time. That's true. And one, there's, a, there's a big reason why these companies don't want to talk about what's in their updates, because some people have figured this out. Obviously, that's why they're updating it or they've learned of it. Sometimes they've learned of it on their own, in their own research. Oftentimes they've learned of it because it's a zero day, meaning there are some bad actors actually using this and exploiting it right now. But they know that if they just publish the update, and sometimes people will look at these updates, they do this on Windows all the time, and they will they can take apart the update and kind of reverse engineer it and figure out what the exploit was, and they will start using it right away on the computers that aren't patched. And so there's a big, um, a big reason, a big push for these companies to be very obscure about what they're patching and why, because a lot of times people, sometimes even just from the press release, if they say what it is they're doing, that people will get enough of an idea to go, oh, I, I understand what they're doing. That's interesting. Let me try this and figure out how the exploit works. So they want to get as many computers patched as quickly as possible before a lot of details come out of what the problem is. For example, with this screen sharing in Mac, oh, uh, uh, Mac OS. This isn't iOS we're talking about. This is Mac OS. If you own a, a Mac um like a MacBook Pro or something like that. iOS has its own updates and they come out too. Yeah, and to me it's a trust factor though. I get why they don't want to expose a lot of this stuff. 
I get why they're admitting to a screen sharing flaw going, hey, just sometimes when people connect to your computer, they can see the screen when they're not supposed to. That's an easy cop. But by nature or as a policy or as a rule, whatever you want to say, as a practice, Apple does not disclose security exploits. And I think after they're fixed, they should, Jay. And the reason that I say that is you can have a whole bunch of white hat good people like me uh, and the guy at NPI that brought this story up to us in the first place. Um, We can basically say, okay, now you say it's fixed. That's great. And people can do some tests and confirm that it's fixed and squared away. And you get a little bit of it. I wouldn't say open source um, uh, model, but you get that a little bit of feel to it in terms of people can kind of help. Hey, we'll test this. See if you really do have it fixed and squared away and covered. Um, but there's, there's, it's kind of a, a security through obscurity idea. It never really works, but it's the way Apple goes about this stuff, Jay. I agree. It's kind of the point. In, in theory, uh, but I understand why they don't. And if I were the manufacturer or the, this person, I would be on, I would do the same thing that Microsoft and Apple are both doing, which is I would not be completely transparent with what I'm fixing because in an effort to fix, you know, there's a long tail of people who get updates and actually apply them. And so anytime you do expose what the exploit is or tell people how it is to where, especially if it's detailed enough to where they could test it themselves, um, you're also opening up everyone else who hasn't updated or isn't on the right track or is traveling or whatever, for whatever reason that they haven't updated, um, you're exposing all of them to that exploit. And so I think I would take the same policy that Apple and, and Microsoft both do. And some would say, well, I don't use screen sharing, so I don't have a problem. Yeah, you do, because there's other it's, updates they're not telling you about in this. It's so also it's not about screen sharing, or it, that might be you know one issue, but it's, it's about what they're fixing under the hood that we're not talking about is the reason that the upgrade needs to happen. And the problem is most people just believe, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I don't got that. I don't use that. I'm not worried about that. Well, that isn't the point, and that's where I think these companies, I get not full transparency. It's kind of like the government and the Pentagon a little bit or whatever. You know, for the most part, I think a lot of times they use this just to say, hey, everything's a secret. That yeah. way they don't have to talk about anything. We're doing it for your own you know, good. But uh, the other side of the coin is, you know, hey, they shouldn't tell too much. I mean, there is some, but there's a balance there. And I think developing trust in the public with that balance is important. I, and when there's these security exploit problems, you know, you can't just say, oh, it's a screen sharing thing. Don't worry about it. You need to really help people understand there's a bunch of stuff here. This upgrade's critical. Now, whether you explain and give all the details of every hack and every, you know, that's open for a discussion. But a lot of people are like, hey, I don't use this screen thing. It doesn't matter to me. Or here's another one, Jay. I have automatic updates turned on. I'm all good. It just updates when it does and don't worry about it. Don't, it doesn't. That's good. But a lot of times, it turns out with automatic updates from Apple, they don't always apply. Oftentimes, you have to agree to terms before they'll even install and stuff. That's very true. So automatic updates might let you know, or it might this, or it might that, but don't count on that either is the point, Jay. That's true, and on especially the bigger the update, the more likely Apple is to stop you and make sure that you agree to new terms of service. But going slightly back to the last point about them being a little obscure about things, this also, I think, would be different if this was open-source software. Because this is closed-source they have reasons not to do this. Now, if it was open source and everybody could dig into the code, I think you should be 100% transparent with what the bug is and how it was fixed because you're going to see all that anyway. You're going to be able to get onto uh, whatever archive 
um, you know, GitHub or whatever and see how the build was fixed and everything else. So I think that's that is one thing. But when you're running closed source software like Windows or like Mac OS and you just say, hey, we fixed some problems. Don't worry about it under the hood. Just make sure you apply your updates. I think it's probably the safest way to safest route to go. Now, I think that on updates, I think Microsoft actually has it better because Microsoft installs the updates almost whether you want them or not. Like they give you a certain window that you can do it in a couple of days or whatever, but they're going to apply. If you turn on automatic updates, they're going to apply and they don't make you a, a, agree to any new terms. I think that's a little bit bogus on Apple's part. Why would you stop an update and allow the user to have to or, or make the user have to agree to new terms? What if this is a, a server somewhere or it's in a closet and just running? If nobody, if nobody, manually gets on it and says oh I, I have to agree to these terms and then it'll update the software then this thing's just sitting out there not updated and vulnerable to whatever exploit is is or zero day that's available right now i don't think that's a smart thing and i do think apple should do an about face on that yeah look folks a lot of people think hey i'm on a mac i don't have to worry about it but what you really need to do is get a good antivirus program of some kind too for the mac um people say i'm on a mac they don't get viruses or malware not true they do. I mean, I can give you names of several of them, right? Evo FX, FX or whatever. XCS Sat. I don't know what. Gravity R. Gravity Rat. Rat. Or whatever. It's anyway, a remote there's, access there's a Trojan. There's a bunch of these that are just like, dude. And these are all kind of Mac related, right? There are. And some people will even say that, like, uh, the Schleyer virus is on up to. 10% of computers that are out there uh, as far as the Mac OS computers. And that may be true. I think that an antivirus might be a good idea on there. What I think that Apple should do is if they haven't already, and I don't know because I don't run a Mac every day, um, but I know that on Windows, Microsoft has built in um, Bitdefender and um, into they built their own antivirus in. And so you, you almost don't need third-party antivirus anymore. And Apple is doing that somewhat with their closed garden architecture, but they may even want to go a little bit a step further and have their own built-in um, antivirus so that you're not worried. I don't think that, you know, I, it's hard to say. I don't know that I would necessarily want to go on record. So don't install an antivirus. I'll say this. People that are very tech savvy probably don't need to be running a third-party antivirus as long as you really know what's going on and you're paying attention and you're doing smart things like not running as an admin, you're running in local, regular user mode, standard level privileges, things like that. And that doesn't matter whether you're on Linux or Mac OS or Windows. Um, but the days of like Norton and Antivirus I, or, or McAfee or whatever, those days are gone. And I don't know that it's the best recommendation to tell people out there with a Mac to go buy one of these things. I don't I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, like Bitdefender, some of the other ones are good. Again, you got to keep up with. And that's why it's so important to have kind of a tech company to guide you at the least. Bitdefender is probably the best one out there that's cross-platform that can really do the job uh, well enough. And, uh, you know, you can get a copy from Amazon of Bitdefender if you want to do it yourself or whatever else, but uh, it's what we use. Um, you know, one of the things that you should do, you should probably, like, dump Safari. Uh, in all the expert hacking conferences and everything else, Safari is the first one just to get absolutely ripped apart. Uh, you got to go to a different browser a, a lot of times. Um Always that's Brave's true. Brave's good. Opera's good, at least if we're talking about Macs. Uh, DuckDuckGo is all right. Anyway, anything you can do to kind of get out of the mainstream where all the worst of it takes place is a good thing, Jay.
No, I would agree, and I think that that's again true for either operating system. And I, um, yes, don't sure. use Edge all the time or as your only browser on Microsoft. Don't use Safari all the time as your only browser on Mac OS because these are pre-installed and there's a lot going on with them. They're they're integral to the operating system itself. There's a lot of things that in shenanigans that things can get up to in exploits in those browsers. I always like to install one of the the browser I recommend 100% is Mozilla. So if you run Firefox, it doesn't matter whether it's Mac OS, um, whether it's Windows, whether it's Linux, run Mozilla, run an extension called uBlock Origin. That will help you with a lot of stuff that will prevent a lot of malware and a lot of malicious sites and things that get up to you. And it's always good, no matter what operating system you're on. I don't care if you're running a Raspberry Pi. You should always have a third-party browser. Don't use the one that's built in necessarily. Get a good one that you like, that you know that you can trust, maybe even that you can log into and it can sync things across different platforms and stuff if that's your thing and you want to do that. But don't trust the browser that's built in and don't don't let it be your only solution because you can get caught doing that and make sure you keep your password separate from your browser as well and absolute kind of password manager that's critical by the way out with the old debunking five common security myths to get ready for the new year jay network providers inc.com has an article about this that i thought was really worth spending some time about in today's hyperconnected world Cybersecurity, of course, is a critical security concern for individuals and organizations alike. Now, we're really trying to get you to realize this is a security risk, Jay. A lot of times people don't really think it's a big deal. But they don't realize as the digital landscape evolves, everything changes. So there's myths, there's misconceptions, there's confusions, and I brought up some of them like I'm on a Mac. If you want to be protected, you got to understand what the real threats are or something. You got to, okay? So let's just talk about these myths for a quick second. Jay, do you got those handy? I do. Go ahead, sir. So myth number one says, I'm too small to be a target. One of the most dangerous cybersecurity myths is that cyber criminals only target large organizations. But in reality, cyber attacks don't discriminate by size. Small business, startups, even individuals can be susceptible to cyber threats as much as large enterprises. And cyber criminals often target entities precisely because they are uh, small and lack robust security measures, making them easier prey. To stay safe, everybody should prioritize cybersecurity regardless of their size or scale. Ah. And I think this is true. I mean, it illustrates in the fact that if your IoT light bulbs are getting attacked and getting taken over and being used as zombies, obviously your main <laughs> computer, your business, even if it's a small business, is going to still be a juicy target to these guys overseas and, and these hackers that are trying to put things together or exploit passwords. And sometimes a small business, you know, they get a hold of your bank account credentials or whatever, they can be very lucrative targets so don't think you're too small no question um you know what antivirus software is enough and this is kind of what we were going into before a little bit jay antivirus software is a an essential component of cybersecurity, but it's not a silver bullet at all as you wisely point out jay um people should realize that you don't want just a antivirus program what you want is an anti-malware antivirus you want some kind of a solution bit defender from microsoft it starts the point but a lot of times people need even greater protections the more you travel for business the more you you know the more you should have a vpn or the more you should have some kind of central domain controller or you should have some kind of a way to authenticate 
who you are, etc. So be very, very careful is my whole point for that. Don't just think, oh, man, I, you know, I got an antivirus program. I'm okay. There's a lot more to it than that. And it's a consistent moving target is really the point to get across, Jay. That's true. And in cybersecurity, in IT, there's no one solution that's ever enough. So you can't you can say antivirus isn't enough. Nothing is enough. I mean, there's you've got to layer things. You've got to have uh, an in-depth strategy. And for example, there's two other things that if somebody says, oh, you got to have an antivirus. Well, you know, that might be good in your case. It may not be. I mean, like I said, I know a lot of tech guys who don't run any more antivirus than what the operating system already has built in. There are a few very basic steps I think that you can take, though. One, I think, is if you run Quad9 as your DNS, that will prevent a bunch of malware. Even if you had malware on your computer, it can't phone home. It can't either Quad9 or Open DNS. So there's several of them out there. But you're right. If you yeah. run some kind of a controlled DNS server that takes cybersecurity seriously, that's one huge way you can make a difference for your business. Miss three strong passwords are invulnerable. Um, you can't get through my strong passwords. You know what? It's good to make strong passwords, but it's not foolproof, Jay. That's right. A strong password is undoubtedly an integral part of cybersecurity, but some believe that creating a complex password guarantees their account safety. However, even strong passwords can be compromised through various means, including phishing attacks, key loggers, data breaches. To bolster security, use multi-factor authentication whenever possible and add additional layers of protection beyond passwords. One of those is using a password manager that can have that can have really long passwords that you can't even remember and can auto put them in. Um, two factors, another way. Some people say, you know, they're shying away from the two factor that uh, texts your phone. Some password managers are including two factor authentication as far as one time passcodes in there. I don't know that I necessarily think that's a, a best idea because if somebody ever hacks your password manager, now they have both factors. They're in one place. So that's that can be troublesome too. But you know, don't don't think that a strong password again, this goes back to nothing is one time an antivirus is doesn't just make you invulnerable. A strong password doesn't make you invulnerable either. And this brings up uh myth number four J uh, that you point out here. Look, cybersecurity or online security or IT security, hey, it's primarily the IT guy's you know, job or the IT department's job to solve for me. Hey, it's really an IT department deal, not really for me. And that's not true. Yes, the IT department has responsibility to work on security for you and give you best guidance and practice and recommendations of what to put in place and then to babysit that and to take care of it on a day-to-day -day basis and, and update and you know keep all that is IT. I get it. But we need to really have everybody in a company realize it's people that's the weakest link. And educated people matter the most. And people that are given heads up on things to watch out for. You know, be very careful on uh, Facebook Marketplace this season. I just told you why. Because there's this scam out there, right? Okay. So it's heads up that matters a lot. But everybody has a responsibility here. Sure, the IT department could take the lead. Granted. But you, anybody, everybody need to be part of the solution for real security. So that's myth four, is just thinking it's somebody else's kind of job, especially the IT guys. Myth five, my data is safe in the cloud, Jay. Yeah, with increasing cloud services, some individuals believe that storing their data in the cloud just makes it inherently secure. However, the safety of your data on the cloud or in the cloud depends on various factors, including the provider's security measures and your own practices. 
Cloud providers typically implement robust security, but users still have to manage their own data, including strong passwords, access control, regularly updating their passwords if they need to, encrypting data, making sure that it's encrypted on the fly. Um, it's there's a there's a lot that goes into it, and you know, going back to you know, oh, it's just the cybersecurity's department; they're going to take care of it. You are the cybersecurity; you're part of that team. Everybody in an organization is, and if you're an individual or a really small business. You are your own security department. I mean, you are the cybersecurity, and you've got to be able to keep up with some of these things, some of these basics at least, and you know, pay attention to stuff like what we're talking about here. Some very simple mitigation measures that can make you more secure. But even in an organ, even in a, a huge organization, even if you work for AT and T or some ginormous corporation, you can't just say, "Oh, well, that's just on the because you are part of the the cybersecurity team, and it only takes one person to mess up or give out password or give access to somebody who shouldn't, and you can compromise an entire organization. Look at the huge hack that Sony had, and people were in their servers and their whole back end for months or years at a time. Um, you know, A lot of that came down to just one or two people making the wrong move. Everybody's on you're, board on this team. You're exactly right, and so we all need to take it seriously. I don't want to just put people into a panic. But I do want people to understand the gravity of the situation we're talking about. And as society gets worse, you know, you're going to see in this hyper-connected world that it's just going to get more and more and more and more difficult. And uh, finding friends that can help you, finding companies, businesses like NPI that can help you really is critical. I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to put the reality in your, um, in your court. So here's the final example to drive home the point how personal it is for everybody, whether it's personal, business, whether you work for somebody, how much you matter in the cog of this security discussion, Jay. Here it is. When your Facebook or, quote, other online account gets hacked, who's responsible for the losses, Jay? You are. I mean. That's right. You know, you might think that Facebook is. You might think that your bank account is. And they might be nice. I mean, you're, you know, you have a debit card transaction or something. Somebody steals it. They have no obligation to replace that money. They might be really nice and do it for you. And, you know, that's that's great of them. And it may be of no fault of your own, but where does the buck stop? It stops with you. And if your account gets drained and then your bank account doesn't cover it, you know, it's, that's going to be on you. You're going to have to have some method of diversification or backups or whatever to make sure that your data doesn't get stolen and that you don't get fleeced. Anyway, I wanted to really bring that home um, for people to really kind of understand because it, it, we can act like it's somebody else's responsibility. In the end of the day, though, it can cost a lot of money. And so this article that, I, that I'm quoting from, from NPI goes into some examples of where some businesses lost big money because individuals just thought, oh, it's not really a big deal or this and that, and you end up getting scammed and stuff like that. Every one of us has to kind of make this a top concern. You don't have to be an expert, but you got to turn to those who are, number one. And number two, you've got to learn some things on your own to make sure you're not the weak link. And I know that's not a great Christmas message, but I do know this. At Christmas, it's when people's guards are down. Everybody's in a good mood. You're more trusting. You're just like, hey, this is fine. We want to make sure you're protected. That's all. Absolutely. We don't, we don't mean to, to run out of scare message here or act all crazy, but we do want you to realize there are serious things. Update your Mac. Do it right away, please. Uh, and um, when it comes to protection, be wise, be careful, really focus on um, what you can do or what needs to happen to make all well uh, in your world. And we just thought that would make sense for kicking off the new year, Jay. Any final leg of buys? 
don't uh, don't partake of too much of that under the sea wine at the holiday party this year, and let your guard down and give access to somebody that shouldn't be or some hacker, and you know, take care of things. And make sure you have a good tech team. Make sure you have the NPI or anybody, somebody that's taking care of business and looking out for you. Um, because yes, while it is your responsibility, you can always use a hand in that stuff, and and you know, not nobody can know everything either. And even the experts, even IT guys, have to. If there's a problem or something, they're going to have to, you know, outsource or maybe even bring in some help on something. I remember back in the day, I had a zero vulnerability attack, <clears throat> and I had to stay up all night helping the uh, actual virus companies uh, find the fix so that everybody else could get it in the morning. I was one of the first people that got it. It was a zero t- uh, zero day attack thing. And anyway, sometimes even the best of us get stuck, and we just got to work hard to, to solve it. Thanks for being alongside with the ride, making a great tech day, will you? Hey, thanks.